0: We come in here tonight for Freedom Ministries here in Evansville, Indiana at Wellspring Church to just proclaim the freedom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I believe, just looking out over the small crowd tonight, that the majority of us have been set free. Amen? Amen. But I want to remind you of some truths in God's Word tonight so we can remain free. As this is a continual process and walk with the Lord, as we go throughout our Christian life, as we're discipled in the truth of God, that we remind each other, and the Scripture says that we're to stir one another up in the gifts and in the word, the truth of God's word, so that we can remain in a place of freedom. Psalm 119.9 says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. Says Psalm 119.105, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light into my path. Amen. Sometimes in this walk, as we grow deeper into the things of God, and as we're coming out of addictions and we're, we're, God is, has come into our life and He's cleaning us just one piece at a time and as we've related our lives to that of an onion here before that our lives are like an onion. It's multi-layered. And as He peels one layer at a time, as He wants to get to the core of root issues in our life that has caused our addictions, that has caused hostility, that's caused the anger, bitterness issues, that's caused the lust issues, as He, one one section of our life at a time, through a time process as He removes those areas through His Word, through the teaching, preaching of God's Word and discipleship and just the Lord Jesus Christ revealing who we are in the Scripture apart from Him and what He desires from our life, there's a layer of stench that comes. Each time that you peel a layer off of an onion, it gets nastier and the smell gets stronger. And as the Lord desires to go into the very core of our life, and as He desires to transform our lives, which can only be done as we're fully submitted to Him, which means the core has to be changed. As He goes in by His Word and His Holy Spirit starts to peer into our lives and He starts removing certain mindsets that we've been accustomed to and that we've hold on, held on to our whole life, that we've been taught just through life, through the Word, whether it be a family since a young child growing up in this world. And uh, He starts to teach us how to act and React to things in life God's way so we can be free as we go through this process it gets ugly sometimes oh as we're growing in discipleship and we're growing in maturity of the Lord some of the things that he peels off from our life that when he does it it looks so ugly because we're fighting so hard this flesh is strong and you got to fight for your life If you truly want to be set free and by the power of God and experience the promises of God's Word, which He wants to pour out upon all of His people, it's going to take something from you in the process. And as you are warring against things that you can't see in your physical mind, you're you're warring against spirits that's not of this world, against demonic powers and influences. That's been part of our mindset in life. It does not want to let go. And it can look like a fight. That's why when you see men and women come in at the times in worship and worship services or recovery ministries and they're pouring into worship sometimes. Some of these people are going through extreme emotional situations. The time they're warring with everything in their body. They're being pulled one way. The spirit of the world is trying to pull them in a the direction of chaos and the word of the Lord's being poured upon them and they're wanting to seek the path of purity but the flesh does not want to walk it out. And it will take you battling in a way that you've never battled before if you want to truly receive the freedom of God and you want to remain in a place of freedom and you want to experience all that God has for you and the Lord will give you the strength. Whatever is necessary in your life for in order for you to be able to live the Christian life is possible with God our necessities are things that we think is necessary for the moment is different than what god sees is necessary and we get the necessary things of god that he wants in our life through his written word and as we go to the lord tonight as we go into his word as we're in the third part of our study of life's compass i pray that the holy spirit help encourage us tonight for just a few moments as we start to look at the next steps. Now, as we submitted our life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we've, we've asked Him to come into our life. We're walking some process of time now. We've repented in Mark 1 15, Jesus said, He said, the time is fulfilled. He said, and the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe in the gospel. Many of you in the house, of the Lord, has believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But repentance is a fruit, a byproduct of God moving and God's Spirit moving upon our life. And repentance is something that gets built into our life as a lifestyle. Repentance is not just one time. Acts 3.19, he says, repent, turn to God, that your sins would be blotted out. The times of refreshing would come from the presence of the Lord. There's many times in our life, in this walk, as we're walking and growing in maturity of the Lord, that we will need that refreshment to come upon us. That's why we come together and worship. That's why uh, Romans ten seventeen he says, that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. He said, well, I'm weak in my faith. The only way to become strong is to set under the Word of God. The only way to truly become strong in faith and to be able to grow in maturity is to set under the teaching of God's Word and to be discipled in the things of God and in the truth of God to allow Him to move in the capacity that He desires in each and every one of our lives. Oh, as we're taking these next steps and as we have decided now that we, that the word of the Lord is going to be a lamp for my feet. He says that that lamp is to shine forward, not behind us. And we spoke a little bit last week about what that looks like. If the lamp is shining behind us and not before us, we have no way to know our way in the complete dark, right? There's obstacles that come up that we can't see. There's, you know, there could be a complete drop off in a cavern that we're walking up to the edge. And without the light going before us, there's no way that we can be able to see the pain, the things that want to inflict pain upon our lives, unless we have something to be able to illuminate it. And the Lord says it's important that you allow my word to be your lamp. That no other source is your lamp for learning how to navigate through situations and circumstances of life. Because he is the true light of the world. And it said when, when we have his, once we've been illuminated and once God's love and his light has come into our life, he gives us this out of Psalms as a specific instruction because it's a, it's a physical thing that we can actually see of what that would look like of having that light it, he does that because it's uh, it's human nature. Sometimes, as we go through life, and as we start, we learn things that's new, and we start to become complacent in them, and we forget the necessity of why that they have been taught to us to begin with. That's just like driving a car. You know, you're taught when you're 16 years old that we don't that we're not to drive a car distracted driving. How you don't drive with your cell phone and one hand on the wheel and looking out the windshield at the same time. No, But as you start to drive more and as you start to learn more of how to be able to navigate your car, then those things that would have once cost us our life and we knew the importance of not doing those things because we couldn't handle it at that time. Oh, but then as time goes and more things are added to your life and your mental faculties are changing and you become more accustomed to your environment and the surrounding of the car, the easier it is to pick up that phone now and set it on the steering wheel and the text message. You go scroll through Facebook and drive and through traffic at the same time. And the Lord says, I need you to know this truth. I need you to understand the importance of maintaining my lamp before you. Don't don't allow the lamp to be turned. You know, as I look as a coal miner going through these dark caverns and coal mining into the earth as the Lord is going deep into our soul, it says don't allow when you get knocked through life and your head's getting hit different directions, don't allow that lamp to spin and start shooting another way. Don't allow it to start shooting behind or off to the side where you can't see. Because not only will you uh receive the effects of running into things and uh, that other people will also be a casualty of your decisions. So, as you're growing in maturity in the Lord, it's important that you know that you're accountable for the things of God and how that you portray the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior to the world. People is watching you. See, the life of a of a true Christian is a life of selflessness that thinks of others more than theirself. We can't do that without the power of God and the Holy Spirit. You've got family looking in. You've got children looking in. You've got grandkids looking in. You've got people that's looking to you since you have made a public profession of faith that maybe the only thing they know of God is from you. So you have got to stand up and to become the man and woman that God is calling you to be to help lead the next generation into a place of freedom. You say, well, everything just falls on, on my shoulder? Well, no, but you have a part to play in it. You've got a part in your family being restored. If you're in a broken family and there's broken relationships in your family... God may very well be using you as the key component for restoration. But you won't be able to experience that restoration and that peace if you decide to jump off the wagon and you decide that the Lord's no longer going to be the lamp to my feet, but now you have figured another way and you've got another opinion uh, other than God's of how to be able to live and navigate this life. And I want to share something with you tonight that's going to go very deep in some personal things. And very, as the Lord opens this Word to us, I just want you to be understanding tonight that I have not perfected this Word. I am in the process of it being perfected in me. And I thank God when He brings certain things up in truths of His Word to help me navigate through life so that I can remain free. Because we're all suffering blows of the world. We're all wounded in some way. Psalm 147.3 says that He heals the broken heart and He binds up their wounds. Because you've been healed from a wound over here, does not mean that life's not going to inflict another wound upon you. And if you're not close in the presence of God, and you jump out of fellowship of God and God's people, the enemy loves to use those opportunities when we're outside of the covering of Jesus Christ. And He keeps hitting those hurt places so when we get banged and we get bruised, things aren't going quite the way that we would like to see them go in life. And when we're not bandaged by the Lord and we have not given Him permission to saddle our lives in those hurt places as they come, they become very infected. And as that infection starts to go deep inside of our spirit, emotionally is where it starts, Our emotions will start to detach us from reality and we will allow emotion to lead our life instead of the truth of God's Word. And then those emotions take us to places of brokenness and bondage because God is the only one and the only power in the earth that can take negative emotions and negative circumstances and things that's out of our control and produce good out of it. There's no other way that good can be produced from negative things in life other than the power of God. And he says, now, I want to show you something in my word of as we're walking this path of purity and we're walking this path of righteousness that I need you to be aware of. This is something that we all deal with. Oh, as we're seeking to have our minds adjusted, our compass, so to speak, adjusted, the true north of the cross of Jesus Christ, and we desire for Him to be Lord and Savior of our lives, and for us to experience the promises of God, Jeremiah 29, 11, He knows the thoughts He has toward us, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give us a future and a hope, right? That uh, Isaiah fifty four seventeen, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, any tongue rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and your righteousness comes from Me, saith the Lord. Isaiah forty thirty one. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength; right, they shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run and not grow weary, they shall walk and not faint. All of these promises, these scriptures that we memorize and we proclaim over our lives each and every day of our lives. there is Those promises are contingent. Those promises are not just a universal promise that's poured out upon uh, the children of God all around the world that just live their life any way that they want. Those promises are poured out through obedience. Those promises are poured out through relationship with Jesus Christ. He can't pour out His blessing upon a people that's not going to be a that's going to be just a container to absorb it on their self and not to let it reflect off to others. You see, and we become so selfish at times, even on our recovery. And selfishness will lead us to no place but abandonment, alone, broken, empty. And the Lord says all through His Word, He's wanting to build a culture of people that's not self-minded, but they're they're people-minded of others around them. And He says that there's only one way that you're going to be able to do this and to perform this work, and it's through Jesus Christ, the presence of God working in and through our lives, and us maintaining that walk in fellowship. So we're going to address one specific issue tonight, uh, there's many, but I believe as the Lord was speaking to me today that I wanted to bridge this in with life's compass on vengeance, on hostility, on, on anger, of how God says that we are to deal with these things. And there is a way that we are to deal with negative situations, negative people, hurts and pains from the past, but the way God says to deal with it is going to be something that's very deep with emotional ties that causes us to go to a place of release and humility before the Lord. It's very difficult to come to unless the Spirit of God specifically touches your life. And I believe... That if a man or woman truly wants to be discipled in the ways of God, and they're hungry for the Lord, they can receive the word of truth and receive freedom through the word tonight. He says in uh, Romans twelve sixteen through 21, Romans 12 is one of the most action-packed uh, whole chapters in the whole word of God for life transformation. He starts out in verse 1 of lordship as submitting ourselves to the lordship of Jesus Christ. He says that we're to submit ourselves in holiness, and that we uh, that this is our reasonable form of worship. And then he goes on and he talks about us not being conformed to the things of this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right, that you may prove what is that uh, perfect, pleasing, acceptable will of the Father. And then he goes on down, and now he touches on a subject that a lot of us really don't want the Lord to peer into. Because many of us carry this for so many years of our life, because of wounds it's been inflicted, But the Lord says, He puts this in this chapter, I believe, because as we're reading and we're hungry for the things of God, and we, and we preach these scriptures over and over on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, and Wednesdays, and Bible studies all around the world. And he says, I need you to go to the last part. Don't just stop at the beginning, because now this is going to be a bookend. You' got a bookend of lordship at the beginning of being created a worshiper of God, and now he's going to close the bookend on transformation in how we allow God to move in our life by him by him addressing one specific issue of vengeance and hostility towards man and he says romans twelve sixteen through twenty one as we hear what the Lord is speaking to us from His Word tonight, and I believe the churches all around the world, I believe addicts all around the world, men and women that seeking the presence of God today, that this is a key component to the next steps of our Christian walk together. And He says that we are to be of the same mind toward one another. Which means this is universal... For my church. This is universal for every child of God around the world. We need to be of the same mind. We need to be preaching the same message. Universal. This is something that I desire. When the Lord says be of the same mind one toward another. We really need to stop for a moment. And, and just think. And thoughts. Okay Lord. Lord. What do you want me to be this, to the same mind of? And he says, don't set your mind on high things, which means these puffed up things, but associate with the humble. Be a man or woman that, that surround yourself around humility. Around men and women that's transparent, that can't admit their weaknesses, and that allow me to come into that weakness to become their strength. He says, don't surround yourself around prideful, arrogant boasters that think they have everything figured out and there's never a testimony of God coming from them. They have all of the answers, but they never show you in any way of things in their life of how the answer is actually directly affecting them. Amen? The revelation said, we're overcome in these last days by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. This is a lifestyle of Repentance. Humility is a lifestyle of repentance, which means that we all struggle and we all fall short and we need the power of God to line us out. He says, so, surround yourself around humility, around those that's humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. So he tears down this wise, you have opinions in life, you've been taught certain things, but your opinion doesn't hold weight in the court of the Lord. The only opinion that matters in the court of God is His. The only truth is His. Not truth that we manifest and that we make up and that we've lived our life apart from God. He says, I have an opinion. I have something I want to speak to you. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord, not you. I will repay those for the wrong that's been done in your life, not you. That's not your job. He says, therefore, if your enemy, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. You say, man, how can you, how can the Lord ask this of me? Do you know what they done to me? Do you know in my childhood what type of abuse was afflicted upon me by this individual? Do you know? There, we've got rapes, molestation. We've got addiction issues. We've got physical beatings and abuse. We've got verbal beatings and abuse. We've got so many things that can be so deep-rooted because of pain that's been afflicted by somebody. I know the majority of my family has suffered those things, including some of them myself. I understand what those wounds look like to some extent. And I know others in the house of God have experienced some of these things. And when the Lord starts hitting this type of message, when I read this, I think, God, as soon as I read this passage, I can't do it, Lord. Lord. Here I'm seeking your war, but you're telling me to feed my enemy? To give them a drink if they come and ask me for a drink? I can't do it apart from you, God. That desire is not in me. Matthew 5, 48, Jesus said, I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Woo! That's a tall order. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For He makes His sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? He says, do not even the tax collectors do that? And if you greet your brethren only, those that you're connected to, those have family ties or strong, of your brethren, your buddies, He says, what do you more than others in this world? How are you any different than anyone else in the world? You've just cleaned up your life a little bit and got some moral values now. the world can have that. And atheists can have moral values and live what's perceived to the outside as a good life. But the Lord calls His people to something more. This is what makes a child of God unique in the world. Because a child of God is the salt of the earth. We react and we speak in ways that the world knows not because it's only discerned by the Spirit of God. He says... Do not even tax collectors do these also? He says, therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. As we learn to start building this into our life, and we go back up to Romans 12 and verse 20, and he says, so if you feed your enemy, and if you give him drink, for in so doing you will heap coals of fire on his head, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Man, I used to read this scripture and I would get fired up and think, God, thank you Lord. You gave me something I can't do, but now I got a reason to do it. Because when I do these things you're going to rain fire from heaven down upon their worthless, pathetic soul, and you're going to burn them up into oblivion. I'm praying the house down for my enemies. I'm laying on my face before the altar, before God. Touch them, Lord. Touch them, God, I'm being obedient to or rain the fire of God down upon him, Lord. And I'm thinking, Lord, yes, you are the avenger, God. And I don't know how many of you has been there. I've been there. And when I first started to come to know the Lord, I didn't know any different. No one was teaching me any different. So I was praying and I was doing these things with wrong motives and the Lord had to show me, and I want to share something with you tonight about what this actually means. And then we'll look at some other scriptures here. But first, you're going to find this proverb, one in Proverbs 25, 21-23. said, if your enemy's hungry, give him bread to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head, and the Lord will reward you. This was a command of God. This was wrote in the Torah. This is something that God instructed his people uh, through God's law that they, were, that they were to do these things. So they knew this, they were accustomed to this language. And in Jeremiah thirty six, twenty two, we're going to look says it was in the ninth month and the king was sitting in the winter apartment with a fire burning and a fire pot in front of him. You say, well, why did you read that? Because we wanted to connect what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying to His people of what heaping coals of fire upon the head of our enemy looks like. And only the power of God is going to be able to reveal to you in this message and through these next few moments of what God wants this, how He desires for this to play out in your life. But as we start to take a drastic turn here right now, and this may tear down some theologies all over the house of the Lord tonight, but you have to take into consideration that everything that God says in His Word cannot be isolated to one context, but it has to relate to the character of God, and the rest of the Scripture has to be bridged into it, in order for it to be interpreted accurately, in order for it to produce good, godly living as an instruction for life. If it does not point us to Christian living and allowing the cross of Jesus Christ to be forefront of our life, then we have to ask the question of how it's being interpreted and where the interpretation comes from. Everything in Scripture is to point us to maturity in God, faith in God, Lordship of Jesus Christ, and to live and walk out His plan and His will and His commandments, in which is to love other people, love God first, and then to love other people. And he says, this is so foreign to man. It's not of this world. But I want to give this to you. Because in, in this truth right here lies so much freedom of God. In forgiveness lies the foundation of the Christian life. It's the cross. Matthew 6 in fourteen and fifteen, he says that if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father is in heaven forgive yours. But if you forgive men their trespasses, your father is in heaven will also forgive you yours. He says in the context, and I'm going to read from the Masonic uh, Prophecy Bible Project study that uh, I had found on online uh, when I was going through this study, and uh, I thought it was powerful to actually be able to see what these coals represented in the life of these people so many thousand years ago when this was written. What would they have been thinking about when this was taking place? He says, in the context of the ancient Middle East, we know that coal was placed in a fire pan or brazier to keep the home warm and to cook simple foods. Maintaining fire for the home required diligent attention, both through the day and the night. For if the fire went out, say in the winter in Israel's north or in the hills of Jerusalem where it snowed, it could result in death. So when the coal supply depleted, the woman or man of the house might ask a neighbor for a refill. A friendly neighbor would likely meet their need. But would an enemy... A friendly neighbor might even offer freshly baked bread and freshly squeezed pomegranate juice to a friend in need. But what an enemy. Wow. So the Lord is speaking to His church to say, if it was the dead of winter time, and let's say there was this family that lived beside of you that all through the spring, all through the summer, all through the fall, they have just wreaked havoc upon your life. They've tried to steal from your crop. They've come in. They've bad-mouthed you in the community. They've done horrible things to your family name. And He says now, I want you to understand... That as the life of a child of God, you're not to raise a hand against that man or woman. As a child of God, you've got to understand and you have to give me authority in your life to know that I am good and to know that I have plans for you, says the Lord, not of evil, but of peace, to give you a future and a hope. He says, you're... Sustainment in life and your joy in life and your, your whole, whole process of, of maturity and sustainability in life is not dependent upon anybody else but me. So when you know I am the source, it does not matter what happens or does not happen to another individual in your close proximity. He says, as you learn to give me as you learn to give the person of Jesus Christ full control and reign. And guys, this is something that's not easily done. When you've suffered deep emotional pain, when you have suffered things that's so wicked and so vile that's been done to you, and that people have uh, abused you, you got to understand... That those deep emotions, it's necessary to God for Him to heal those places. But He needs us to understand and know that forgiveness does not release the offender. It does not release them from consequence. It does not release them from punishment. Forgiveness releases us from the emotional ties of bondage that has been caused by the offense that was made. Now we go back to whatever is necessary in life for Christian living is possible by God. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He says, some of us as we're going through recovery have deep-rooted areas of unforgiveness. We may not manifest vengeance with our own physical hand and feet, But mentally and emotionally, we will hold that person captive and we will go over these things in our mind to where we're reigning the vengeance in our head. It's the same thing. Because it's the same control. See, because these spirits of antichrist, as they start to attach these cords that Jesus Christ come to break in our lives of ties to the enemy, of ties of bondage... He says, if we don't get this, you will be puppeted through life your entire life by the great puppet master of the world, Satan himself. And every time he'll have so many strings attached to you because of your wound, that he'll just parade you through life. He's going to parade you through the streets of Evansville. He'll parade you like a charade to your family on your job. And any time that He wills, when something brings up this pain that has not been released or this individual, He will jerk that string and your hand will fly up or your mouth will fling open and the emotion will rage up inside of you. Vengeance will start to come out. Hostility anger, bitterness, resentment will start to pour from our lives and take us back into places of captivity. You may be strong enough to when you open your mouth or your hands or feet want to react to harness yourself back enough to where you don't get yourself thrown back in the penitentiary or start throwing hands, but your mind will go into a place of oblivion. Your emotion will be so turned and twisted inside away from the things of God because you're thinking of the offense and the bitterness that of the things that have happened of the past. And the Lord says, I want to take this from you. This will destroy your life. This will rob your Christian testimony. This will take your testimony. This will take your joy. This will put you into a place of bondage to where you're never able to truly break free. And the Lord says... I need you to understand that in prayer, that being obedient to my word. And he says in verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In First Peter 3.9, he says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. And he will grant you a blessing. For the Scriptures say, If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and keep your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. To the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns His face against those who do evil. And the Lord speaks to the church and He says, that many times we don't receive the answers in life that we're praying for, for many different reasons it can be. It can be that we're praying outside of the will of God for our own selfish gain, or whatever that it may be that we're wanting to self-absorb. But He says that unforgiveness will cut off the ear of the Lord in your life. Many of us go through prolonged periods of suffering because we're never discipled into the area of forgiveness. Forgiveness has to be the foundation. We can't skip forgiveness and move to any other spiritual truth. Because if you build any other spiritual truth outside of forgiveness, it will fail you through a process of time. It will all crumble and fall and you will be left empty wondering why the Lord didn't do what He promised you in your life and you're back into another place of anguish once again just another date on the calendar. In Leviticus 19.16-18 He says, Do not spread slanderous gossip among your people. Do not stand idle by when your neighbor's life is threatened. I am the Lord. Do Not nurse hatred in your heart for any of your relatives. Confront people directly so that you will not be held guilty for their sin. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself, for I am the Lord. Now as we put this in the context, we say, Lord, okay, now we take this step We don't know how to get to the other side. We're not emotionally there yet. We're just going through the motion. That's the start. Just being obedient to God will set the stage for the miraculous. We don't have to be it when we start it out. We just hear the word of the Lord and we start making baby steps toward it. He says, as we learn to start releasing these people in our life, Your abusers, those who have attacked you, those who have inflicted so much deep pain that you have suffered in life, as you start to release them not of their trespass and not of their sin and not of the offense, but you begin to release their control and emotional tie to your life, this happens only one way. And the Lord says, as you start to build this into your prayer life, As you, as you start to learn and you start to grow more into the heart of the Father, and He says, You say, well, what if they come and knock on my door and ask me, ask me for something or a place to stay or 50 bucks or something like that? God will give you discernment in those times, but He says, you don't turn away the enemy because they have need. If there is a need and you have the ability to meet it in some way, we're called to meet it, He says, and then you're called to pray for that individual. And he says, in doing this, this is a representation of what God people would have known all this time ago as they would carry these coals on their head. They would go from house to house with this brazier on top of their head. You see, and as they would do this, as they were empty and depleted in their house. See, this is what you got to understand. If they're coming to you, you have something about you. You're not empty. God has filled you. God has given you His Spirit. God has changed your name. God has forgiven you. He's redeemed you. He calls you a child of God. You're adopted as a co-heir of the family of God. He said, if they're coming to you, It's because they have nothing. They're an empty shell. And they would come with this brazen bow upon their head. And they would say, because they are suffering me, could you possibly spare a coal for me? And say, well, that calls us to a place of decision. Because you see, the person's door that they knocked on would now have to make a decision in their life. They may have a family, five kids. They got coals. Am I willing to sacrifice a coal out of my sustainability? What's keeping me warm at night? What's heating my house? How I'm able to fix my food? A decision has to be made. Do I trust God for the substance that He has given me? It's not that they're asking for your last coal, but they're asking for the abundance that you have. See, as a child of God, He has given you an abundance of His life in and through your life. Whether you recognize it or not, it's just, it's there. It was implanted by God. He wants to pour it out. You just need the identity and need to be able to know what it is and who you are in God. And what you have on this side of eternity in the spiritual, not the physical. The spiritual blessings that he's poured out upon you. And he says, as they, as they may come, and as you're in prayer, and as you're praying for these individuals, he says, you may have, there's extra coals inside of your brazier that I desire for you to put inside of theirs. And as they go from door to door, this is what they are going to take back to their house in order to heat their home, and in order to provide food for their family. Now, I want you to think of something right now. Of let's say, that that individual come to your house, and you say, you know what? I don't have anything for you. You know what you did to me back then? Nope. Do you know the amount of pain that you wreaked upon my life? Do you know what this divorce done to me? Do you know what this abuse in my childhood done to me? Do you have any idea of the type of chaos you have inflicted upon my life? And then you wreak vengeance upon that individual and you may beat them to a bloody pulp. You may take their life. You may hold them in a place of captivity you may there's many different ways that people release anger and hostility and vengeance in the world when it's when it's such deep emotional pain but after you've done this release has anything changed have they changed have you changed in the process i've done these things that i'm speaking of in the physical I've wreaked havoc upon people because of the pain they caused me in my life. I've done horrible things to people that, that caused me such emotional pain that I wanted them to pay the price. And as I was inflicting the pain upon their bodies, I wanted them to know why I was there. I wanted them to understand the depth of pain. And I never could get them to understand It didn't matter how much beating you inflicted. They could not understand or comprehend the amount of pain and trauma that they inflicted upon your life. They won't change. You can't beat change into them. They don't understand. Because it only comes by the Spirit of God. He says, after these things... They go on their way, providing you don't kill them, and then you spend the rest of your life in the penitentiary. But nothing changes in their family, and their life. Matter of fact, they're lost in damnation and eternity of hell because of your hand. And he says, Don't you desire to truly be set free? Do you desire to be free from all bondage? I'm giving you the answer, he says. If you inflict your vengeance, it will for one, either be too much, your coal is going to be too hot, or you won't inflict enough vengeance upon them. Your coal's too cold. He said, but when it's a coal placed off the altar of the Lord of prayer and incense because of your abundance of His presence... That coal is to the exact temperature that it needs to be to produce in their life what God desires to produce for them to be set free. And in the process, you are set free and you are put in a position of life to be able to receive an abundant blessing of God. God's ear is now open to our prayer. As we come to the altar and we worship God, and we send up our petitions to Him, God hears our prayer. See, He says that if you have anything against your brother, don't come up here and offer me a thing, because it's worthless in my eyes. I don't care if you bring all of your money, lay your bank account in the treasury of the church as a tithe, and you say, up and pray the house down. If there's offense, unforgiveness, and there's vengeance in your heart, get your butt up off this altar and go walk out the doors of this church and set it right in your heart. Whether you go meet the individual or not, get it right in your heart with God. There's people that I've not encountered and faced again in the physical, but in the spiritual I have. And that's where the Lord says, and I believe, if it is possible as much as depends upon you, God knows what those things look. Like. It's not about so much the physical of going up to your abuser house and, and raining coals on them and blessing their life. No. He says, I need you to come to this place in your spirit. This is spiritual. It transfers into the physical. You've got to be willing and humble enough to perform this act. And the blessing of God be poured out upon your life. And he says. That we don't overcome. Evil. By evil. But we overcome evil with good. And as we. As a body of Christ. And as you come through recovery. You have to understand this truth. And know what God says. About the area of unforgiveness. Vengeance and hostility towards your enemy. You cannot maintain this walk without the presence of Almighty God. You can't do it in the flesh with the right motives. Anything change in your heart without God being the author of it and without Him being the one that's sitting on the throne directing the whole ship. Because I believe that a lot of men and women around the world are not set free right now Because they've never come to face this crossroad. It's a decision that has to be made. You say, you're asking me to do something that I will never be able to do. I'll never be able to come to that place because of what was done to me. With that mindset, you're right. You never will. And that pain will haunt you the rest of your dying days. And it will be a weight that you carry through this life. That crushes you at moments of time in your life as you think back. When times of joy are there and want to come in. And you've got good things going on, it will always be something looming in your mind that will come back and take you captive and be another stronghold upon your life that the Lord desires to break, but will keep you in a place of not being able to receive God's best. I would not be performing the work of a minister to not proclaim this word to you tonight in freedom to a group of people, that whether they're addicted or not, but wants to walk purity of life and holiness and righteousness of God, that He wants to work these areas out inside of all of our lives. And I believe that as we come together in unity in one mind, this is why He says, I need you all, the whole Group. I need the leaders. I need those that's in ministry, that speak the same voice, that's leading into the same truths of God, because the Gospel is the power of God. The Lord Jesus said, at the time is fulfilled, He said, "In the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe in the Gospel. What is the Gospel? The good news. What was the good news that He was giving them? You don't have to live by the law anymore, but by the law of My Spirit. Through my presence, Jesus Christ, he said, "The good news is that you don't have to be accountable no longer to man and their standards, but now you have the ability to be accountable to God and God alone, and his standard is the only one that measures and the only one that holds any weight in the court of heaven. He says, "But this is a spiritual and truth of truth and law that I desire to build into each and every part of my bride which is you, which is me. His church, child of God, is a bride of Christ. This is one area of discipleship that He desires to cleanse our life, to take those rough parts off, as He has us on His potter's wheel. And He's molding us in a fashion and into the ways of the Lord and to perform every good work of the Lord. And He says, we've got to come past this. So we've got to focus on this For a period of time, as God takes this layer off, it's going to get ugly. It can get real ugly. Especially when you're having to deal with people that's right close to you that you see every day. And now you're called into this new walk and revelation of God. Of how that God desires for you to live in and around these individuals and in and around people of your life and in the world that has caused offense and has inflicted pain. It says this is one way that Psalm 147.3 is fulfilled in and through the earth is that He heals the broken heart of those that has been crushed and He binds up their wounds. But He cannot bind this wound to the heart of His people unless they give Him permission to come in and to be able to perform the good work. This is a hard lesson to preach. Especially when you know the type of emotional bondage that is tied to it. I can't tell you the things that went through my mind and how long that it has taken me to go through this part of my discipleship and training with the Lord. But I can tell you on this other side, that there's still wounds that get inflicted. There's still times that I want to, that I want to be vengeful upon new situations and circumstances. The old has been cut off from my life. There's still sometimes residue that we deal with that as the Lord leads us more into his Promises and into His will and into His ways that He gives us the instruction. And as we understand the Word and as we understand what God's plan is and for our life and how we're to live in accordance with His Word and that His blessing will come upon us as a result of our submission and our life lived for Him. That as we go through this process, that there's not going to be things that we're going to have to deal with that come up that's new because of the past situation that hadn't been turned over to God. But God can heal those places. It may take years. This isn't going to happen overnight. This is another part that we have to understand of these truths. The truth of God in coming out of these places of bondage and because the things have been so deeply affected in our life, it takes time. And as you get one victory here in this square of the Lord, you take another step, if you're blessed, two steps, and another wound, something else is going to surface in your life, the things that you have to deal with, that's going to require you to turn it over to God and to know His will and to be able to know what His plan is and for you to be able to handle those times and situations in your life. And many of us deal with many different areas of that. It could have been things that you have been as inflicted upon you, even from, from children, from grandchildren, from parents, from grandparents from husbands, from wives. Um, Don't leave the house of the Lord tonight. If you know that there is a deep wound from an offense, however long ago that it's been, that you don't start the process now. And then allow ministers that's been brought into your life to be able to help encourage you and to walk this process out. Amen. The enemy wants nothing more than to take your mind back captive. He wants nothing more than to get us into a place of fear. He brings us into a place of disillusionment to where we can't see clear and we don't understand how to be able to navigate through these hard times and situations of life. And he wants to, he wants to get this part of our mental faculty, this whole part of our brain to where we're seeing different, we're hearing different, now we're speaking different, we're reacting outside of of God's plan. And when we start to go down that road, the further that we walk that road and ignore the voice of the Lord, and we think these things are just going to go away, the faster That train starts to pick up as we go down because the enemy, he wants you to hit the wall so hard and it don't just cause a little bit of pain. Especially after you've been enlightened by the things of God and God has touched your life. No. His his whole attack and plan is different than what it was before, baby. It's, it's altogether different. Now it's not just a little bit feeding you destruction, a little piece of the time. He wants you to hit so hard that it shatters not only your life, but every life around you and that you are associated with. And He wants to bust your family down to nothing. And he wants them to look upon your life to see, see, this is why I don't come to the Lord. See, this is why I don't believe in the power of God. See, this is why the church house is a joke. See, this is why God's not real. Amen? Jesus is manifested in the earth through his people. And his people have got to be accountable to his truth. And we have got to become men and women with spine and men and women of strength through the Lord, not in our only in our own strength, but His strength in order to be able to battle the attacks of the enemy. And I don't know about you, but I suffered for too long in my life. The ten years into this, hit the wall so hard He bust my head open. And takes me back into a place of the grave. Or locks me back up into the penitentiary. And tells my family and everyone that's watched me for the past decade. In order to discredit the power of God. Because I did not make a decision at the crossroads of life. In order to lay myself down as a sacrifice for Him. For them to be saved. Woo! That's a, that's a place of accountability we don't hear much. You have a place in that. Know this in the house of the Lord. You profess the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And you've been walking with the Lord for some time. You are accountable to God for your life. And you are accountable to God of how you represent Him in the earth. Amen. Thank You, Lord. We can't do it apart from Him. And I thank Him for His strength. Because there's many times in my life that throughout the months, throughout the weeks, that the enemy has ramped up. He's been doing push-ups. He's left me alone for a little while, but when he comes this time, it's not with a bulldozer. It's with one of those things like they pick up round bales in the fields that's got the spear on it. He ain't trying to just, he's trying to run me through so I bleed out and completely cripple down and die. The things are so heavy. The weight's so heavy. He hits you unexpected with these blows and pains. You got family members that get sick, you know. You got financial issues that you deal with. You got problems on your job. You got problems managing time. You got things are breaking down all over the house. The car's broke down. Then you got this person over here that's going through this and you got you know, there's so many things that we deal with and then he don't stop there. And as you're dealing with all that, you get a phone call some night out of the out of the blue that Somebody close to you just passed away or is killed in a car accident or some catastrophe happened in their life and you're completely wiped out. You think, God, I can't take one more. Here's the text message. Here comes the call. The enemy says, that's exactly where I want him. Here. Let's beat him down. He's susceptible now. He's got a kink in his armor right there. Hit him hard while you can. And know this, you may stumble and fall in those moments, and you may find yourself in a time of weakness, and you may fail in those moments. But the life of a Christian isn't defined upon your failure. It's defined about how many times that you get up and press forward. I fail. I don't always adhere to the Scripture that I just read you tonight in perfection. I get tired. I fail, drastically fail. But I don't lay in that failure as long as what I used to for the destruction to come. And my levels of failing have changed only by the power of God. He wants to change it for you tonight. And I pray that you can accept His will. I pray that you can accept Him in the Word that was spoken tonight and allow Him to adjust our compass from that one degree off And allow Him to search those deep areas of your heart. We're going to have a time of of worship and prayer tonight. I believe that the Lord gave me this word tonight for this specific group of people. I've been trained the majority of my ministry in small crowds. So I'm accustomed to this type of atmosphere. But I've also learned that in those small crowds, God goes after the one. It don't matter if there's one sitting in the sanctuary. You proclaim the Word of the Lord like there's a thousand that's here, because it's for the one. The message isn't to come in and preach to mass groups of people. If that was my desire, I wouldn't even be here. My desire is for God's truth to go out and to change the one that has an opportunity to be able to hear that might be dealing with things that I don't know, but God knows. God knows somebody in the house of the Lord tonight needs to hear that word to release some of this pain that you have been carrying for so long and allow God through the ministry of reconciliation you to Him and then you to others to allow those things to be start to be broke off from your life so that you can bring the presence of God into them and allow Him to cut the cord tonight from the puppet master. He wants to heal somebody in the house of the Lord. A deep pain of offense that has been done and inflicted upon your life. Believe in the power of God that when you turn these things over to Him and out of obedience and a love relationship to God, that you start to heap those coals upon that individual's life through your obedience and love for the Lord. As you start praying for those individuals, God will start to use that simple act of obedience to start breaking off those calluses, start peeling open those areas and to bring His ointment upon it. And He can only do it His way on His terms. This is the only way the healing takes place. It's not man's opinion, it's God's. It's this way or no way. And I pray that you can accept the Word of the Lord tonight. If that's you come forward tonight and we want to pray with you. We want to be able to anoint you with oil. Have the elders of the church come up. And we're going to pray for God to move in a mighty way. Allow God to touch those places tonight. Don't leave here the same. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.